Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, good evening, everybody. This is Melinda Emerson, the small biz lady, America's number one small business expert. And I'm happy to welcome you to Small Biz Chat. Now, Small Biz Chat Live is a peer-to-peer interview show that gives small business owners a way to get and share invaluable business advice. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. If you have been suffering or your business has been adversely affected by the pandemic, chances are your employees are suffering too. And you must consider how to get ready to get them back to business. My next guest, Lori Ruffin, is an upbeat strategist, thinker, speaker, and founder of the COO Team, an operations agency that specializes in helping visionary leaders get the strategy and systems they need to scale. She's drawing from her experience as a fortune with fortune 500 companies serving national and international nonprofits and she specializes in working with entrepreneurs who leave small and mid-sized businesses to expand their capacity Lori thank you so much for being with us you know you guys over at the COO team must be working hard these days helping oh everybody goodness. figure out what to do to keep their employees safe and and, and, and compliant frankly so welcome to small Biz chat. Thanks. I'm really glad to be with you, Melinda. When everything happened back in March with COVID-19, when we were sheltering in place and under stay-at-home orders, a lot of leaders found themselves just disillusioned and wondering, what in the world are we going to do for our organization? What are we going to say to our people? And that was a very disorienting time. And then you fast forward to the end of May, and you've got the recent deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And uh, the the civil unrest that ensued after that. And so it's another hit. And so by now you see that people are impacted by children being at home, by dealing with the financial distress and uncertainty of either being laid off or not knowing if you would be laid off. All of these things have caused a lot of tension and a lot of disruption for our people. And so at the CO team, what we've been doing is continuing to walk alongside of visionary leaders, executive directors, CEOs, helping them to really think, what do we need to do now to support our people? As we know, people are the backbone of an organization. They're the ones who are delivering the service, selling the product, and our ability to support our teams really makes a difference in whether or not we are going to actually be able to survive times like this and still show up for our clients and for our customers. So how can we teams motivated with all of that? I mean, all of that backstory is like, okay, (laughs) how am I going to get Johnny to come to work on Monday? You know, like, what what do I got to do and and to have him be invested and present when he gets to work. What do I need to do? Yes. Well, one of the things that we really early on encouraged leaders to do was to revisit your values. So I really love that Mary Fran suggested that and recommended that. It's so important because it's the consistency on how we deliver on our values in times of distress that builds trust or 
creates a dissonance of hypocrisy or apathy. This is not the time to kind of sit back and say, hey, we'll just kind of ride this out. No, it's time to double down on our values and revisit them. If we don't know them, kind of go back and to those strategic documents and say, what have we said we are about? And now let's actually show up in ways that are consistent with that. And I think that that really helps organizations, one, deliver on their brand promise internally, but then also it gives the team something to to, rem- to remind themselves of why did I join this organization originally? And yes, I can continue to count on what we said we are about. Well, how can you help sort of the businesses that you work with and, and all of us too think about a company reset versus just a restart, right? You can't just assume people are going to come back and step back into the roles they were in and be good, right? I mean, that's not really realistic. Well, things have changed so much. I mean, think about it. A lot of organizations have had to pivot. We were able to walk with a a lot of organizations that had face-to-face programs and events, and they had to bring those things online. So part of it is discovering together as a team, what do we need to do now? And so we always refer to a few things as grounding elements. So one, we talked about values, but we would also say that vision and mission are really important. Like what is the main problem that you're seeking to solve in the world and what and what are you doing it for whom? Once you kind of coalesce the team around those factors, then you can explore, okay, now the landscape is different. What does it look like for us to serve our clients given our current limitations? And sometimes we don't know the answers to that question. So instead of restarting as if we're continuing to do what we used to do, we are resetting. We're resetting expectations. We're inviting our teams into conversation around defining how do we move forward and continue to provide value and service to our clients. And we do that together. So now that we're some businesses in some parts of the country are reopening, how should business owners create safe and and welcoming environments for those employees that are coming back? And what if your people are like, look, man, I don't feel comfortable coming back. I mean, what you know, how do you handle what should your reaction be to all of that? Yes, I think flexibility is key, Melinda. This is not the time to be heavy handed. It's really important to think about what is essential and what is flexible. And so one, every state is in a different phase of reopening, phase one, phase two, phase three, really tracking and finding out what are the governing recommendations around preparing your actual space for um, having people in, what does social distancing look, look like, making sure that you have the right cleaning protocols. And so doing those things and letting your team know that you are committed to honoring those recommendations and then allowing people to have provisions. Some people are in high risk categories and they may need to continue to work from home. Be supportive of that. Utilize technology. We've been doing this for you know the last four months. And so if we need to extend that, I think part of that goodwill is is really having that conversation with your team members and finding out what does each need, what can they do, and how can we work together to make sure that the essential elements of our operations can be taken care of, but that we're able to meet people where they are. So how can you foster an environment with your team that encourages new ideas and innovation right now? I mean, absolutely. How do we do that? We've got to make time for it. 
So if we do not schedule it on our calendar, we will not actually get it done, right? So one of the things that organizations can do is schedule time, whether that's biweekly or weekly, to create space for new ideas and innovation. You know, a lot of times, well, before COVID-19, we talked about stand-up meetings where you rally the team together and maybe throw out an idea and allow people to just kind of brainstorm and ideate. That can keep people energized and feeling like they can contribute to problem solving and or just expressing new ideas for how to do old things. Sure. Now, one of the things that I that I wanted to make sure I asked you about was this concept of staying connected with furloughed employees and then kind of managing the the expectations of your current employees that are still employed. I mean, some of them may have, I guess, what we call like survivor's guilt, you know, because they'd be like, wow, you know, these four people got laid off, but I still got my job, you know, like, so how do you keep people's head in the game and, and, and sort of like honor your furloughed employees, but understand that, you know, obviously decisions had to be made to keep the business going. How do you manage that? Yes. So one of the things that we like to talk about is that every organization needs to have a people plan to begin with. Uh, An effective people plan includes a talent acquisition plan. And that plan is really keeping a short list of the types of roles and positions that an organization needs. What are the soft skills, hard skills, and when are you going to need people on the team? And so when you have furloughed employees, that means you have people that you've already made a decision about in the past that still have their same skills, still have their same capabilities. There is no reason why those relationships cannot be maintained. I think wisdom for leaders is to contact them, let the relationships stay fresh. It's unfortunate that many have had to be furloughed, but what prevents them from coming back should the opportunity make sense for the organization? And then for those that are on the team that still have their job, you know, Survivor's guilt is a real thing, but I would say to cultivate a, a culture of gratitude and, 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 and just reflectiveness as well to say, you know, we are, we are really in hard times here to be able to limit with employees that maybe are concerned about the loss of, you know, employment for their friends and colleagues, but then also to say, you know, we're, we're grateful that we can still do this. And, you know, we all have networks. And so one of the other things that we can do is, is, to keep people top of mind again. So whether that's helping them to stay on the radar for an opportunity within and or opportunities without. I think that just because someone transitions off doesn't mean that we have to lose the value of of team and mutual support. How important is it, and this is my last question, for the business owner to help everyone sort of like focus on future opportunities for the company? I think we've got to be thinking now about What are our customers going to need two years from now, not just what they need right now, right? Yes. So for all of the organizations that were winging it pre-COVID-19, this is definitely the time to stop and get back to strategic planning. So, of course, we don't know what the landscape is going to look like, you know, 12 months from now. We don't know what it's going to look like six months from now. But effective strategic planning will at least ask questions around what are our strengths, what are our weaknesses, what are our opportunities, what are our threats, and what is it that we need to be working on so that we are aligned and able to take advantage of opportunities where we are able to then also strengthen our weaknesses and leverage our strengths for for all of that. So I think it's important 
to stop and ask those questions, to have the, those discussions with our teams and with our leadership so that the team is ready and can be nimble and be able to be responsive to the opportunities at hand. And well, without I that, think, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, without having those conversations, people are, are kind of lost. Like It's already externally disorienting. And then it would be internally confusing about where we're going without having those conversations. Well, thank you so much, Lori, for that sage wisdom. I think you've given all of us some kernels of things to think about as we think about our current organization, retooling our organization and being ready for the future of work. That's for sure. Tell us what is your favorite podcast? That's what I want to know. All right, Lori, what's your favorite podcast? I love Lead Stories with Joe Saxton and Stephanie Bryan. I really love those stories that they share and principles they share about leadership. And so while it's not directly correlated to the type of work that we do with the COO team, I love that they are women leaders and they are so inspiring and always just giving great nuggets for how to stay focused as a leader and effective as a leader. I love it. I love it. Lori, what's your favorite business app? I think my favorite business app is Canva. I love recommending it to my clients and it has really been a game changer, you know, pre-Canva. Anytime you had to make a flyer in a in a jiffy, you were doing things with Microsoft Word and those were horrible. You know that those flyers were horrible. <laughs> but now with Canva, everybody can look fantastic. Your brand can be consistent, which is very important for communications. So that gets my vote. Good stuff, good stuff. How do you stay motivated? What motivates you in your business? What is your secret thing that you do to just like, all right, let's let's go. Like how do how do you get there? <laughs> yes. So I I really am inwardly motivated. I remember my calling. And I know that my purpose is to help individuals and organizations fulfill their purpose. That is my calling in life. I've known it since middle school. And so when I think about the fact that the leaders that I serve and the organizations that they are leading are doing great work, it motivates me to equip them to build capacity, strategic capacity, operational alignment, and people capacity. And when I do that, when I think about that, I'm like, yes, let's go. Let's have that meeting. Let's pull out the spreadsheet. Let's do the plan because we know that there's impact and people's lives will be changed because of the work that I do. You know that you are a process engineer talking about take the spreadsheet out. All right, Lori, what's your favorite business book? All right, this is tough because I've got two that tie. I'm just going to jump out there with one of them. It's called Necessary Endings by Henry Cloud. And so the thing that I love about it, it's not exactly a business book, but it talks about how in life, things have to come to an end in order to have a new beginning. And so since we work with visionary leaders that are so excited and they're so eager, they jump in headfirst and don't often think about the operational pieces, they can often take on a lot of things. And what we like to let them know is less is more. In cutting back and bringing certain things to an end, it gives an opportunity for resources and energy to go to what can be more fruitful and what can last and what can be more sustainable. So I like that the framework of the book just really challenges our presuppositions as well as our tendency to hold on much longer than we should. And so I think that there's freedom in releasing and things so that other more productive and and efficient and effective things can emerge uh, forward. 
Well, that was a great explanation of that book. You make me want to go read it. And certainly I want to share with you my favorite business book is The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. I read it a lot of years ago and it changed my life. And so that is my favorite business book. And with that, I want to thank my awesome guests. Thank you all so much for joining me tonight. Please head over to succeedisyourownboss.com and you get more information about my three guests and I want to leave you with this. Thank you so much for watching Small Biz Chat Live. The mission of Small Biz Chat Live is to end small business failure. And I want to leave you with this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Belinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.